The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Streaks in. Streaks in. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We are live from the SWBC studio at the Star in Frisco. It is Cowboys Eagles week and it's a Thursday, which means today we take a look through QB vision with Isaiah Stanback. We preview the Cowboys offense going up against this Philadelphia defense that just came off of allowing a 40-burger against the San Francisco 49ers. So will they rebound or will another 40-burger be served on Sunday Night Football? We've got Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, and Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing well. I think I was talking with someone yesterday. It feels like this week is just taking forever. Yeah. It's because it's, I guess it's a 10-day rest, and it feels like we should be playing ball by now, but we're not. So a couple more days. <laughs> <But> we're not. <laughs> Do you think an added factor into that is that this has been the most anticipated matchup? For sure. Probably of the season. I, I know week five was pretty highly anticipated to go up against San Francisco, week nine against the Eagles, but getting the Eagles at home, it's it just feels like it's a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. I think the weight of the uh, of the matchup as well is definitely creating some excitement around here. So, yeah, I'm ready for Sunday night. John Machota's ready for Sunday night? He, he is, and uh, <laughs> I will say uh, I'm just happy to be feeling well considering uh, where Mike McCarthy was at yesterday morning yeah. and uh, judging by Dak talked to a small group of reporters in front of his locker yesterday and was talking about how he had kind of a stomach bug over the weekend, and so uh, uh, he thought Mike McCarthy might have had the same thing, and obviously Mike's situation was a little bit more than that. So, yeah. hey, I'm happy to be here feeling good. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Wants to be healthy. There was yeah. a stomach bug going through the, the star last week, just in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wasn't, uh, wasn't pretty in certain areas, uh, but yeah. That's one way to put it. That is but one good, way to put good, it. Good to see that uh, Nick does have baby wipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah do, that's true. Uh, any other news and notes? We can start with the, the McCarthy yeah. news and, and kind of explain what that situation was. Yeah, leading off with that, um, Mike McCarthy yesterday came into the facility, um, you know, ready to kick off uh, on-field practice this week. And he typically gets in about 5, 6 a.m. And whenever he came in, he, he was meeting with a couple of people. He ran into Dan Quinn, and he just wasn't feeling right. His, his, he said, had a lot of ad- abdominal pain. Um, got checked out by uh, uh, the team doctors, the team training staff here. And they were like, oh, why don't you go get further evaluated up the, up the street at the hospital? So he went up the street. Turns out he has acute appendicitis mm. and uh, had surgery yesterday afternoon to have his appendix removed and um, out of the hospital and and I do not expect him to be in the facility today Um, my expectation would that would would be that he would be uh, here for the walkthrough tomorrow on Friday Um, and as as far as we know he anticipates coaching on Sunday so um, I I don't think there's a huge concern there I forget who tweeted this out yesterday but somebody did saying that Norv 
Turner had uh, an, his appendix removed on a Friday back in 2009, and he was coaching on Sunday. So, wow. Uh, take that for what you will. And uh, we asked Dan Quinn yesterday at the press conference. He filled in for Mike McCarthy, and uh, he said, you think that big, tough Irishman is going to uh, uh, miss this game? So um, I, I think he'll be there on Sunday, but definitely uh, sending prayers out to McCarthy, hoping everything's going well as far as his recovery. And, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, John said it yesterday. You, you, can't go, you can't go a day without something happening around here. <laughs> Dak was laughing about how he knew how upset Mike was going to be when they did their Zoom call. He had anticipated he'd probably want to do one to go over plays and things like that. Because that's, that's where you're at kind of now in the season. Like, it's not like there's a ton of new install. It's kind of, hey, this is what we like. We're yeah. going to work, work in this different situations. And so they always meet together. And so he was thinking that maybe this week it might be via Zoom. And he just was joking about how Mike is going to be uh, complaining about how this is like turned into this whole side story. He doesn't want it to be, you know, that type of a thing. He wants it, obviously, the focus to be on the game. But yeah, so yesterday we had Dan Quinn at the podium. Uh, today, this morning, it's supposed to be Brian Schottenheimer. And so the the plan is for all three of the coordinators to kind of run practice in that. And uh, one, one of the one of the quotes that stood out to me yesterday was when Demarcus Lawrence was talking about it because because they went through 2020 with COVID, there were so many things that were done virtually and things like that. He said that they were prepared for it, but goes shout out to COVID for preparing us for it. I just I never thought I'd hear anybody give a shout out to to COVID, but it does seem like I think. I think if this was earlier in the season, maybe it would be a little bit more of an issue in terms of the game planning and things like that. But I just feel like where they're at offensively with Mike and Dak being on the same page, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a huge setback from, from that perspective. What I do find interesting is, and, and believe me, I, I did love when you post some tweets about this. I'm sure you got some of these. Me and Todd Urcher were, were talking about it. When you post what happened to Mike McCarthy – there is just people that will jump in there. Like, my uncle had that. He was back in two days. I know somebody that had that. They were drinking <laughs> by Sunday. You know, like, there's all these people that try and, like, you know, relate it to their own life. So the thing that I find interesting, though, about this is everybody anticipates Mike to be back on Sunday. Yeah. But I wonder if he'll be coaching from the sideline. Oh. I thought about that as well. Think he may be in the, the box? Books. Maybe, yeah. I thought about that as well. Well, how do you feel about the Booger McFarlane mobile from Monday Night Football? Ooh, <laughs> deal. Sign me up. I think oh, it would be yeah. a better, I mean, it couldn't be worse of I a situation that was a thing. Oh, than what it was for a broadcasting well, situation. I forgot that was a thing. Nick, Nick just looked like he relived oh. some childhood trauma. Yeah. I would think then, if that was the case, then I would think Dan Quinn would come out of the box and yeah. probably be on the sideline. And then so Mike will call plays from help in the booth. But I don't know. I mean, um, I don't I don't know. That that remains to be seen. I don't think anybody knows for sure on that, but they everyone seemed confident that Mike will be there Sunday night. Did you ever play in a game where your head coach was unavailable? Head coach wasn't able to, to coach <clears throat> high school. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, high school. There was one game in high school where he got suspended. Um, oh. <laughs> different situation. And I was pretty much the coach on the field. So that was interesting. Uh, outside of that. Did y'all no, win? Yeah, we won. Let's go. Come on, Coach Stanback, 1-0. Quarterback draw the whole game. Did you play, uh, did you play both ways or just? No, just, okay. no, 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 no. I was quarterback. Okay. Quarterback, yeah. He got to protect his legs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it all depends. He had to go to Washington. It kind of depends on the size of school you went to. It was it was not. I mean, we were not a football school. Okay. Yeah, so we were back. You made it a football school. Definitely didn't. No. Didn't, did not win a lot <laughs> of games. <laughs> but, but you won, won that one. one. <laughs> we won that one. <laughs> but, but from your perspective as a former player in the NFL, you know, on, a, on an actual game day, how much, you know, is that head coach matter to be on the mm. sideline as opposed to being up in the booth like that? Honestly, outside of 
outside of my time in New England, I would say not much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say not much. I just, I mean, there's so much of it is just a game plan. The plays are coming in. Um, obviously, it's a little bit different with Coach McCarthy because he's calling plays. Um, Schottenheimer, obviously, as an office, official officer coordinator, he um, will have a role in that. But I don't foresee it being too much of an issue. I, re- I just really don't. Is, um, is it more impactful to have him miss times during the week? to miss days during yes. the week than it would be yes. to have him on absolutely. the booth or on the field yeah. or rather than in the booth. No, absolutely not. I mean, you, it's more important for him to be in, in the practice week than it is for him to be in the game. And that's not trying to take away from his importance to this team. I'm just speaking from a player's perspective. Um, again, I don't know how, I don't know how they communicate during the game in terms of coach McCarthy and Dak and, you know, how often they're talking and things of that nature. I would imagine that shoddy plays a big role in that as well, but I can't speak to that, but I do know that when you're on game day, you're literally just getting calls, getting feedback, getting a couple of coaching points here and there, and then you're blowing and going like, there's not a lot of sitting down and having discussions. Um, you know, <laughs> there's just not a lot of that going on. Saturday's a huge practice for them. That's yeah. since Mike McCarthy has been the head coach. He's always put a lot of emphasis on that day before practice, which is something that was new that he implemented, uh, brought over from Green Bay. And so um, I don't know for certain, but I would think that if there's any chance that he can be here on Saturday, he probably will be. Yeah. Let me clarify. You said it would be more important for him to be here during the week, during the week. Than, than at the game on mm-hmm. Sunday? Yes. Even though he's an offensive play caller? Well, I mean, you still have shoddy, right? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you guys are talking about physical presence, yeah. right? I'm talking about, okay, he's going to be at the game most likely. I mean, I'm okay. assuming that. But I'm talking about sideline presence. Okay. Yeah, well, he's, okay. he's, he's talking, talking about, about being in the box. Versus yeah, the yeah. Okay. I'm talking okay. about okay. sideline presence. Like, yeah. I don't know if I agree Not, yeah. not in general. Cause <laughs> no, no. We all anticipate Mike to be there, yeah. and I think you should anticipate Mike to be there. But, yeah, yeah. whether he's in the booth or on the field is what we're talking yeah. about. I hope, it's a, I hope it's like a Hugh Free situation where they have the hospital bed like up in Jerry's suite, and he's just calling plays from the bed. <laughs> he's in the he's in the screen. Yeah. Isn't, isn't the screen like six levels or something crazy like that? The the video board. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's I mean yeah, it's massive. So just put him in the screen. Put him in the screen. Yeah. Have him bird's eye view, just looking straight down, looking looking he's down. Just like on chilling the field. with all the yeah. Dolly Parton lights that I are can still see up everything. there. It would look like Madden. Like he's just playing Madden is what he's doing at that point. So Quinn has filled in as the head coach when Mike missed time because mm-hmm. or he missed that one game in New Orleans. Uh, I believe during COVID, and so Quinn has been their head coach during during a game before, and so I would anticipate that if Mike can't be down on the field, that yep. Dan would come out Quinn. of the box and be on the side. It really just comes down to those situational decisions, right? So you're talking about those fourth downs, you know, whether to go, whether you're talking about, <clears throat> you know, punting or not, you know, those those are the type of things. You know, do you challenge this play? I think those is where the head coach on game day is more impactful than anything. Yeah. Any other news and notes? Yes. Yeah, so yesterday, as we were awaiting uh, Peyton Hendershot's determination, he was activated and Sean McEwen was put on the IR. Yeah. Um, and then also Matt Willetsko, offensive tackle who has not played all season, uh, suffered a shoulder s- uh, subluxation. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I like where your shoulder like pops out of place like it routinely, goes back in without, right? Without needing to be manipulated. Yeah, that's that's so strange. Wow. Um, that's a little too gross for me. Yep. But um, wow. Yeah, so he he had his 21-day practice window open, which really surprised me. I figured he was done for the year, and they were just going to kind of shelf him. But his 21-day practice window is open. I, I don't see why, but I'm curious to see if y'all have any perspective on it. But first, Hendershot being activated, you know, how do you feel about this with the tight end room? I know we've talked about it a lot this week, but now that it's determined. Well, you had to find a spot. 
and we had a feeling it was going to come from the tight end room. And if there was an odd man out on in the tight end rotation at the moment, it was Sean McEwen. Yeah. And so that's kind of the decision that they made and ended up putting him on IR and didn't cut him straight out. They want to keep Sean McEwen. They've made that abundantly known the last couple of years. And they've had opportunities to move on from him, but instead they've continued to protect him and, and keep him as a part of the roster. So uh, Hendershot coming back, they make sure McEwen's locked up with the IR stint and then um, yeah, Matt, well, let's go. I, I was kind of along the same lines as, as you were just based off of what we had seen in training camp and, and him going through that injury process early on. I, I'm shocked he's even opening the window and maybe this is a chance for him to come in. You got the 21 days. If it does, if it does work out, that's great. There's offensive line depth. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, then it's right back to what we probably anticipated in the first place, and that's being out for the entire year. Yeah, that was one thing that I thought yesterday. Maybe they just want an extra practice body for the next three weeks. You're going up against three really physical teams in the next couple, next few weeks. So just to have an extra practice body, maybe that's the reason. But um, yeah, not really sure entirely what he could bring on the field at this point in the year. Uh, I mean, you have you, you've shown that you had depth of tackle with Chumi Doga. They've thrown Austin Richards in there as well. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I'm interested to see what they do with Will. Let's go down the line. And you've always been very adamant that that's a tough injury for anybody, especially for somebody that plays as heavily up top as offensive line do. Yeah, no, I mean, there's only a number of things that you can do without having to have it surgically repaired, and that's just strengthen the crap out of it. You know, maybe that's the time that he's utilized, um, you know, throughout this whole season is him just strengthening the structure of that shoulder um, and then obviously wearing some form of a shoulder harness or strap to try to keep it um, from getting in compromising positions. So uh, the combination of those two things might allow for him to play, but... I'm I'm not I'm pretty skeptical. Obviously, having been through it three different times, three different surgeries in regards to that exact injury. I'm just disappointed that I'm over two on my last predict, my two predictions with <laughs> Shaq Lawson coming here. Or Sha- I'm sorry, Leonard. Sha- Shaq Leonard and uh, I didn't know Sha- Shaq Lawson was available. <laughs> yeah, right. He's in the NFL these days. Sha- Shaq O'Neal, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then also, I I, did, I was surprised when they when they told us yesterday that Hendershot was coming off and that McEwen was going back on. I, I was not expecting that just from things that I had heard that yeah. I heard it was going to be a little difficult for Hendershot. So to your point yesterday, it's there obviously like what he can bring in the passing game. So yep. uh, it'll be interesting interesting to see where that goes for sure because we have seen him make some big plays in the passing game when he's healthy. So let's see if he can get back out there. I'll say this. I, I talked to Hendershot in the locker room after uh, after it was all determined that he was going to be back and you'll like this he, he had he had a little bit of confidence in him like he was like yeah i'm ready to contribute however they want me to contribute mm-hmm. you know i'm, I'm here for, here to do that i was like trying to get a couple touchdowns for the end of the year he was like for sure like let's let's get it so i think there's a little bit of confidence there and he was kind of chopping it up a little bit more with his tight end teammates yesterday in the locker room so um maybe uh maybe the mental part of it is in the past and we'll see what he can contribute from receiving in going forward yeah um final news and note we haven't addressed it this week i missed it the last couple of days but uh DeMar- demarcus lawrence being the team's uh, nominee for walter payton man of the year um just an opportunity to speak on that i, I guess um he's been awesome on the field obviously his contributions off the field have have uh, taken notice of the the team and the people around here so go, good for d-law Yep. It's awesome. It was really cool the video that they did that <clears throat> showed that he was the nominee. They they took Dak, who of course won the award outright last year, has the patch on the jersey for the remainder of his career, and it, it was Dak that delivered the news to D Law 
that yeah. that he was going to be the nominee. A really cool moment. If you haven't checked it out yet, go online, DallasCowboys.com. And Nick has a write-up as well about D-Law and what he's done in the community. And, and first-time nominee for him, too. Yep. So uh, a really big deal. And he's he's very proud about being that that nominee for the Cowboys as each team gets their own uh, selection to, to push forward that award moving forward. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, it is time to go through some QB vision. What does the Philadelphia defense bring against Dallas on Sunday Night Football? Isaiah Stanback breaks it down based off of the film study when we come back right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here at Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This portion of the show brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, an official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Isaiah, did you get yours in this morning? I did. You did? I sure did. While you were watching film. With some freaking craisins. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive. I can tell. Because Whenever he has, he, he has a little bit more juice today. It's like a little glow, not too. not yawning. He seems like he's in the zone. He's locked in. He he's seems got the like sweater he, on. I'm locked yeah, in. Even even Dak, even Dak on. was like, "Oh, you're getting a little film study in this morning, right?" I'm like, "That's all I do is film study, Dak. That's all I do." <laughs> if you would like to join sometime, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> all right, let's go through some. Wide eighty, wide eighty, cut up. 
It's time for QB Vision with Isaiah Standback. It was good. All right, QB Vision. Um, very similar to what we talked about last time when, we're, when we face these guys. These guys are a – well, let's, let's go this way. What is the strength of their team? Their defensive front. Um, the big boys up front, obviously, you got Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, um, Hassan Reddick, uh, big, I call him Big Baby Davis in the middle. Um, those guys are the engine that makes this team go. Um, beyond those guys, these guys can be compromised. Um, I really hope that Dallas has a game plan to initiate the run. I don't want to go into this game and just say, ah, we can't run the ball against these guys because they're big, they're physical. Um, they got, you know, a thousand pounds of grown man in, 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 a, in, a, in three techniques. I want to see the Dallas Cowboys initiate a running game because I think it will open up everything else. In terms of the passing game, number one, number one thing that you have to take care of is Hassan Reddick. This dude is a complete terror. He terrorized Dallas last time we played them. Um, Terrence Steele did not have the greatest of days against him. He even moved inside on some stunts and gave Tyler Biotis some issues. He's a, he's a problem. He's a, he's an absolute problem. I don't really foresee too many passing, pass rush issues outside of him. Um, so you need to make him a priority. That just needs to be number one. If you want to pass the ball effectively like you did last time, take care of Reddick. He's the only one who caused you issues. Um, Coverage-wise, these guys aren't great. Coverage wise, I don't yeah. care. You can have you have the names, you know, Darius Slay, you know, was it Kevin Bayard? Um, you have some names out there, but honestly, these guys are not very good. Uh, they are at the bottom of the league in terms of yards given up. They're at the very bottom of the league in terms of touchdowns given up. Um, Points you, per game allowed, twenty fourth. Passing yards per game, twenty ninth. Passing touchdowns allowed, thirty first. And mm-hmm. takeaways, they're tied for twenty third. Yeah, they're not great. They're not great. And the coverages that they play are very simplistic. They are they want to be a single high team. I want to say it's about seventy plus percent of the time, they're a single high. They want to play nickel. Um, they are mixing it up between man to man and cover three. Man to man coverage, you have to win. Obviously, Dallas did a great job across the board, tight ends, running backs, receivers, of winning their one on one matchups last time against Philadelphia. Um, it's the reason why CD was able to go off. Um, There's plenty of opportunities there. There's actually a lot of missed opportunities in terms of our tight ends as well, running a lot of stick, stick, um, you know, stick and go type routes, a lot of double move type things. These guys like to hold. You can get them going in one direction um, and obviously beat them on a double move. Um, Cover three. I really want Dak. I should have told him this morning, huh? Should have. Um, but I really want Dak to be patient in cover three. And obviously, in order to be patient, you have I would to love to hear his reaction. Yeah, you have to. You have to obviously have the time to be patient. So if you can block up uh, Hassan Reddick, then you will honestly be in a position to take advantage of their single high cover three safety. Uh, coverage. Reason being, these guys carry. Um, Darius Slay um, carries a ton um, in cover three. He plays it like man. You're not supposed to play it like man, but he plays it like man, meaning that he's playing about 12 yards off. Um, he doesn't want to get up in your face in this particular coverage, so it's really easy to identify. Um, in terms of who gives it away, um, it is going to be Bayard. He gives the coverage away. You find him, you find 31, you find out what these guys are running coverage-wise. Um, 32, what's his name? Um, sorry. Reed Blankenship. Blankenship. I actually like him, um, but they want him to be the free. They want him back um, 
kind of uh, going sideline to sideline. They want um, Kevin Byer to be down near line of scrimmage, but he sucks in coverage. He's trash in coverage. He will grab you in a heartbeat. Sweet. Um, but he will give it away. You're not listening, Kev. Yep, I listen. <laughs> You're trash in coverage. Okay. Um, and when they try to show a too high shell and drop him down late, he's the one that's going to drop. If, if Bradbury's coming down, as, or not Bradbury, why do you want to keep someone to say Bradbury? If Fired. Blankenship um, comes down, is because they really need him to cover one of your tight ends. Okay, but they want Bayer down there for run support. That's why you need a running game. Keep him in the box. Keep keep the um, Blankenship back. But in cover three, he's playing about 12 yards off. Darius Slay, that is, and he'll turn his back. If you have a vertical threat going his direction, he will literally turn his shoulders and turn it in the direction of the end zone, meaning that his responsibility that is on the, you know, whatever the, the boundary side, there's nobody underneath. And I mean nobody underneath. So if you can get your running backs out, if you can get your tight ends across, San Francisco did a really good job of uh, bringing um, – I'm really blanking out on names today um, – Kittle uh, across in formation and getting a chip on, on Reddick. Right, did a really good job. Bring him across in motion, get a chip on Reddick, and then letting him get out to the flat. Late. There was one play that he did that, and then turned into a target in the flat. And oh, he took off for like thirty. Nobody yeah. open, yeah. or there was nobody defensively Absolutely. down there because he chipped off yep. the edge, got a chip on Reddick, bought a little bit of time for yep. Purdy, and then dumped it off underneath the kittle, and yep. then he took off yep. for the rest. That's absolutely the, the the play that I have in mind. And it happened multiple times. Yeah, where there were guys coming out late, right? So if you have a vertical threat. He's already playing 12 yards off. You get on his toes, he's going to turn, open his shoulders, and go towards the end zone, and then there's nobody there for that responsibility. He doesn't have the discipline to play, to be aggressive, and take care of his responsibility. So if you threaten his zone, his area, he will lose all responsibilities. You can take advantage of that underneath. So I say be patient, Dak, because a lot of dump downs, right? I know as many times we want, we're starting to work the ball down the field, but this is one of those games where you can get it to one of your players underneath and let him run. Right. And, and just take advantage of the yak yardage. And with that, you know, you can obviously extend drives. You can get first downs. You can move the chains. You can obviously do whatever the heck you want to. And if you can find a way to run the ball against these big boys on front, I don't see them being able to stop the Dallas offense. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, I think that the, what they did, like what we did against them last time, it caused them a lot of issues. I think they realized that they don't have the personnel to match up against Dallas man to man. Um, so if they want to play zone, then they're kind of compromised in the sense of, they, okay, now you're playing zone with undisciplined players, um, and they really rely heavily on big number seven to get back there and get pressure on your quarterback. Um, outside of that, they're not doing a ton. They're just not. And the stats that you just mentioned, you know, back that statement up, back up that sentiment. These guys are getting scored on left and right. They're giving a passes left and right. Their thing is they want to put you in long passing down so that Reddick can get back there and cause you some issues. But if you can find a way to double him, what do they have pressure-wise? I don't know. All right, so I got two questions for you. One, we're going to get to pressure in a second. First, just because they're fresh off playing the Seahawks. You're a coach. I come to you and I say, in this game, you need a safety that can cover. Mm-hmm. And you got to pick between Bayard and Jamal Adams. Who are you taking? Oh, I'm taking I'm taking Bayard okay. over Jamal Adams. I mean, they both are the same type of player. Yeah. Um, I think Jamal Adams is just reckless. 
<laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, that's just his style of play. That's his yeah. energy. You called Bayer trash in coverage, so he's trashing Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams doesn't cover. Oh, okay. yeah, he just doesn't he even. Doesn't he doesn't even do try to cover about it, though. Huh? He's pretty sensitive. That's fine. I, I mean, I, I'll go against him right now <laughs> and run around on him. So. Go low, he will go lower. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. He, he'll go low. Yeah, he'll he'll try to injure you for sure. But he was I mean, a part of my Fergie touchdown call. Did you realize that? Uh-uh. <laughs> I kind of really? threw a shot at him a little bit. Yeah. Like that's for you, Cowboys Nation. That's for you because <laughs> whenever he caught the touchdown pass, I was like, he's covered by Jamal Adams. But it doesn't matter. Fergie into the end zone. Like just kind of. I put a little Dwayne the Rock Johnson on that one. Um, also, whenever they do go cover two, okay, whenever they do go too high safety, it's usually a Tampa two, meaning that the middle linebacker turns and goes to the to the heavy side. If you have a three receiver side, right, tight end receiver receiver, he's going to turn, open up, and run in that direction. Hmm. One thing that they don't do a great job of, and there's an opportunity here, is what we call the honey hole. It's the spot between the cornerback and the safety. That cornerback is really sitting heavy. That's one of the few times that you will see. Darius Slay stay in his area. Is and not he, 12 yards off. And not 12 he's yards off. He's going to be creeping yeah. toward the line yep. of scrimmage. He's going to be about three three to four <laughs> yards off the line of scrimmage. He's going to have his shoulders turned in towards the quarterback. You're going to see that safety kind of mess around like he's going to like he's gonna drop down to a single high. But then what did I say? Find 31. He's, there's always one guy who gives it away. He's the man that's going to turn and open up early. So if Dak's giving hard counts at the line of scrimmage, he's going to be looking at 31, making seeing where he's at. And he's usually going to drop back out of there as soon as, as, soon as Dak's <laughs> whatever it might be. Okay. Here then, we go. Yeah. Then that's when Byer's going to open his hips up and start running towards cover two. You know what it is. Okay. I identified it. Now get to my snap. Now, if I can get a clean release at the outside, okay, whether that's Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, CD, whoever it might be, Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup, if he's out there, hmm. okay, you can you can drill a freaking 25 yard shot right in that hole. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get that multiple times a game, but there might be a, a third down situation where that pays dividends and you can really just drive that thing in there because that safety wants to get deep and over the top. They don't want to get beat over the top. Even when they play man-to-man press up front, that safety is about 25 yards deep because they don't want to give up that big play. So everything you're communicating about the uh, vulnerabilities that they have in cover three when they have the single mm-hmm. high and in Tampa two. How important are Dak's eyes in this game? Uh, we've mm-hmm. seen him utilize that more and more as the season has gone on. Yeah. And I've loved the breakdowns that I've seen throughout Twitter and YouTube and, and whatnot about, uh, especially the, on that touchdown to Turpin on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. like him just looking off the safety, moving him around, boom, right there, moving linebackers yep. around as well. How important are Dak's eyes in this game? They're huge. Uh, <laughs> eyes and footwork. Uh, Safeties watch your eyes. Cornerbacks watch your footwork. Hmm. So why is that? Because safeties, first of all, they can't really see your feet. They can't really count <laughs> how many steps you're taking. So Dallas is what ninety percent, eighty percent, whatever. Well, no, no, it's not. I take that back. Um, I take that back. That was another team. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what percentage Dallas is in the shotgun, but they're in the shotgun uh, a good amount. Two seconds. Uh, 62%, which is go. 22nd. It's below league, yeah. league average, 22nd in the NFL. Eagles, on the other hand, they run 85% of their Gun. snaps out yeah. of the shotgun. They're second in the league. Yeah. But as a safety, okay, I want to control you with my eyes because you're looking at me. You want to see exactly where my head's at. So the reason why Dak and any other quarterback in the league is able to control safeties is because <laughs> when they're looking back there, they're in coverage. They're trying to see where can they get a one-step lead in whatever direction you're going to throw the ball, right? So if you're the safety, I'm dropping back. I'm looking dead at you, right? You're dropping down into the into that middle of the, of the uh, coverage-type safety hole. Now I'm going to go opposite direction, right? Or if I want to lead you in a direction, I'm going to go ahead and scan to the right. I'm going to get you to shuffle your feet over that way. Now I'm coming back to a tight end that's right where you left. Um, I just need you to move one or two feet, you know, in one direction. That's how small this – that's how, you know, incremental this, this game is. Everything is super tight. And from the cornerback's position, okay – 
Darius Slay gets in trouble because he's looking at your feet. Right, he's looking at he's looking at the feet of Dak the entire time. If Dak catches the ball, boom, he sets his feet. He knows it's probably going to be a short route. Right, we're talking about a five yard route, eight yard route, whatever it might be. That's where the cornerbacks are kind of setting their feet and kind of looking in. Right now, if Dak boom resets his feet and he gets back a couple more steps, okay, now that turns into a five step and depends if he goes another uh, five, then it turns into a seven step drop from the gun. So cornerbacks are looking at this process of elimination all the time. Right, they're boom, they're looking in coverage, they're looking in. Okay, boom, I'm playing zone coverage. Is he setting his feet as soon as he gets the ball? Nope. Okay, now those routes are now out the picture. Now it's the next set of routes. Right. Okay, does he go three? steps from that gun or does he go five steps from the gun there's all these route concepts that go along with the how many steps a quarterback is taking based upon not only the depth of routes but also what am i seeing on film and that's why a lot of times if you can find some of your some of your tails um as a quarterback then you can kind of well i can't use that word uh, you can kind of trick them Right, you could trick them a little bit. You could, you could, you could trick, you could trick guys a little bit. Or you and that's have to give a sky. A yeah, dollar. exactly. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you can, you can really mess around with cornerbacks, and that's when you start seeing quarterbacks really elevate their game because now I know what you're reading. I know that you're looking at my feet. I know that you're looking at my eyes, and I can start moving you in the direction that I want to. I can start manipulating your coverages and the things that you do with your feet because I know what your indicators are from your perspective. I don't understand why you're not giving any love to Josh Sweater, Brandon Graham over here. Just all this Hassan Reddick love. I mean, those guys are manageable. They really are. I think I really. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not great players. Those guys are really good players. Against this offensive line. Yeah, I think those guys are, are relatively manageable. Reddick is causing everybody problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, it's not just it's not just Dallas. It's not just Terrence Steele. Like he has caused he caused the San Francisco problems. And you can see it was a point of emphasis for San Fran. Don't let this dude terrorize the game. Like get a chip on him. Take our one of our best players in Kittle. And screw Crittle going going down the field. I need you to take out seven, right? And we'll get you the ball underneath, right? I don't I don't need you going down the field. I know you're one of the the the, the best you know tight ends in the entire game of football. But guess what? I need you to chip this guy right here, right? I don't need you running down the field. That's how important it is to, to stop this guy. If you could stop him again, their coverage isn't going to hold up. So if you have time to sit back there, Dak killed last time against Philly. Right? He destroyed these guys. Uh, so if you can allot for him to have that time and pick these guys apart, they, their, their coverage sucks, their, um, their guys are undisciplined in the secondary, and they don't have the personnel to match up against you man-to-man. So if you can get them playing zone, all I need is time. Prescott had 374 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions in week nine. I was looking at this comparison. These are the NFL rankings for four major categories for for quarterbacks and where Prescott ranks versus where Philly ranks in the NFL. Completion percentage. Dak is third. Philly is 16th on completion percentage allowed. Prescott is fifth in passing yards per game. Philly 29th. Dak leads the league in passing touchdowns. Philly is 31st. Mm -hmm. So next to last and then passer rating Dak is second Philadelphia allows the third worst passer rating in the NFL 29th in the league so an opportunity for Dak to put up some phenomenal numbers and it's interesting to me to think about how good Philly is up front they still provide pressure they still provide a challenge in the front seven are they really that awful after that Yes. Linebackers and secondary. I mean, just guys that are behind the, that defensive line. Yeah, and that's why they went out and, and picked up. Um, Byard. Yeah, not Byard, but. Um, well, they picked him up midseason. Who, who we just talked about. Shaquille Leonard. Yeah, Shaquille Leonard. That's why it was so important for them to get him, because they need that support behind that front. 
Those, those guys are really good up front, um, but they're not pass rushers in that sense, right? I mean, Sweat, is he'll get after you. Graham, if you allow for him, he'll get after you, right? But it's, it's seven. They don't have they don't have you know three four guys that you fear. There's guys that you respect, but they're not guys that you fear. There's one guy on that defensive line in terms of pass rush that you fear. Now when you start talking about the running game, that's a whole other conversation, right? They got they have monsters up there that can wreak havoc. Okay, and that's why most teams don't run the ball against them, except unless you're the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and even on the plays that they ran the ball well, somebody was still free, right? They yeah. just they just ran away from them. So right. from a personnel standpoint, definitely not from a schematic standpoint. Would you compare them to the Giants from last season? Just They had a, a dangerous front, but mm. everything kind of behind them was working, yeah. and they're giving up those same kind of numbers. Yep. But obviously it's much different from a schematic standpoint because the Giants yeah, for love sure. to run man. I think, that's a, great, I think that's a fair comparison. I think that's a fair comparison. And, you know, the thing that I would say about these guys versus them is these guys are undisciplined, and they're going to hold. Mm. I, I'll, probably, I'll probably say safely there'll be three PI calls. Against, Will against. they get called? Yeah, I'm saying three called <laughs> okay, PI calls. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say four, but four is a lot, right? But yeah. they're safely, I could say that I have confidence that they will they will get three three <laughs> pass interference calls against Dallas because that's what they do. They just don't move their feet well. They just don't. They're not cover guys. And Slay, Slay's not what he used to be. Sorry to say it, but big he's play not, Slay. Big play Slay. He's uh, not what he used to you be. Say so yeah. well, you say you just jinx this whole thing. Josh yeah. Sweat too, man. <laughs> Why do you feel like Jake Ferguson had such a big outing the last time that they lined up? Seven receptions, ninety-one yards, one touchdown. They try to. There, they is try there to a man similar opportunity. They try to man them up. Yeah. They really try. They try their best, but again, they just don't have the personnel. And we did. The Dallas did a lot of double moves, a ton of double moves uh, last time, as you watched the film. And because because these guys are so overly aggressive, and because they don't move their feet well. The only way that you can stop a double move is by grabbing, yeah. right? I mean, just grab, grab, grab all day long. I mean, the the route concepts were not – they were not they – were, they weren't – I don't want to talk about Coach McCarthy. They weren't, they weren't very fast, but they didn't have to be. I mean, they ran a lot of smash concepts, right, where it's like a, a, corner, uh, a corner route, um, uh, a hitch route, or, or a whip route on the outside coming back underneath. Like, it was very simplistic things, but there were things that, that were beating – what these guys ran. Um, there were some plays that we left on the table too. Um, that Coach McCarthy called up that were very simplistic. You know, Dak. You know, had a couple inaccurate throws that would have been touchdowns, but we ended up scoring on a drive, so nobody cared. Um, but CD was destroying these guys. Everybody was winning their matchups. When you watch the film, everybody was winning their matchups. Come out, they Turpin was winning his matchups. He scored a touchdown because he ran a what we call a whip route. Right, he went up, ran like he was running on a fake slant, whipped it back out to the sideline. Right, and he won. He was he beat his man by half a step. Dak put it on him. A little three point turn. Yeah, a little three point <laughs> turn. I mean, it's just everybody was. Winning. It was like pick your poison. Even on the passes that, that Dak completed, you can look on the other side um, of the field and somebody was open as well. If you didn't notice this guy, we can just move on. But I just wanted to ask you if in any of your film study at all, you noticed number three, Nolan Smith, the kid out of Georgia. He doesn't mm -hmm. play a ton. He's only got one sack this year. The only reason I bring him up is because, you know, he was a big guy during the draft, like the Jalen Carter, mm -hmm. Nicobe Dean, where it was just like everybody keeps talking about how, like, man, the Eagles are just loading up on all these Georgia guys. It's going to make them pay. And I just haven't noticed. I don't know if you guys have noticed Nolan Smith very much at all, but I just know that he's a guy that a lot of people, when they when he fell to them, just kind of like Ringo and all these Georgia guys, everyone's like, they're building the whole Georgia defense like that. And, and now, don't get me wrong, Jalen Carter has obviously lived up to, to yeah. that so far, but I didn't know if you noticed him at all. No, I think he might have made one play against Dallas last yeah. time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he didn't play a ton. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't pop off film. Like I said, okay. the only person that pops off film for me is Reddick. Um, obviously, the big boys up front in the running game, and then Blakenship. He, yeah. does, he doesn't get any respect out there with all these other names out there. But I think those are the only 
only few guys that really like flash to me like okay you, you might want to put some respect on their names yeah all right Let's see the last time that uh hold on that these two teams played um nolan smith had 20 snaps that was one of the highest snap counts he's had all year actually but hmm. yeah sorry Go he was dealing with an injury coming out of school too and maybe that's played a factor bigger than what philadelphia like, had to do like mozzie with. smith some guys just haven't caught on yet yeah yeah it, it happens. Hey, Monty Smith's been he's playing better. Pick he he's starting to pick it up. He's playing better. Yep. There's All a right. little bit of confidence, too, in him. You can see it a little bit. Oh, you can see when he was yeah. loading that truck yesterday with gifts. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody took out more gifts than, than Mozzie did. Good. Good for Mozzie. Awesome. Good for Mozzie, helping out the Salvation Army. He's doing the most good. That's what he's doing. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about the trenches. Offensive line, who has the advantage in the trenches between the Cowboys offense and the Philly defense? When we come back with more Talking Cowboys. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment of the show is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Talking, brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. <laughs> got an interesting stat line for you guys okay so not only do both the eagles and the cowboys defenses they both rank inside the top four in qb pressures of course the cowboys lead the nfl 
with a 46% QB pressure rate. That's the best in the NFL, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. But the Cowboys and the Eagles are the only teams in the NFL to have more than three combined first-team selections for all pros along the offensive line. The Cowboys have eight all-pro selections, and the Eagles have seven, and that's combined, by the way. So Zach Martin has six, Tyron Smith has two, Jason Kelsey has five, and Lane Johnson has two. So out of at least all-pro selections, I know a lot of those guys are on the backside of their career, and they've been around for a long time. You also talk about Pro Bowls combined. The Cowboys have 17 combined Pro Bowl selections along the offensive line, most in the NFL. The Eagles have 11 combined selections, second most in the NFL. So what I'm saying is these two teams traditionally have been the best trenches in football. Offensive line and then more recently defensive line. Who has the advantage in this matchup? Um, I would have to give it to... Uh, well, you're asking which offensive line is better or which, which one. Which team has the advantage in the trenches, period? Gosh, that's a tough one. It, it really could be either or. And when both of these teams are healthy and playing like they have been, um, it, it really does kind of feel like a coin flip. But I'm just going to kind of leave it at that because you look at the experience. You mentioned that with Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, those guys have been around. Then you look at um, the experience on the Dallas side, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, those guys have been around. Now let's look on the youth on both sides. you got Jordan Mailata, who mm-hmm. I've just really come to love over the he's course insane. of last year really at left good. tackle for them. Uh, former rugby player, and you could see it. He's super physical, and he's a ginormous human being. And then you look at the youth for Dallas, and you got uh, Tyler Smith, and what he's been able to do. He's having an all-pro type of season. It's almost like a, a mirror images of each other and how, how they put those offensive lines together I, I think they're two of uh, best offensive lines maybe two of the best three in the league uh, and whenever you see these two guys go up against each other it's definitely fun and then you just combo that with the defensive side of the ball for both of those teams as well and it's again the same thing athletic pass rushers youth and their veteran experience uh, guys that are competing for league awards every year so uh, it's really fun I, I guess if you factor in the defensive line I think I'd give the edge to the Cowboys just because of what they've been able to do from a pass rush perspective how they've sure up that that run defense in the interior so far this year um but if we're looking at offensive lines like just straight up those five guys it's it's too close for me to call there yeah i agree with you on all of that really the offensive line though i will give an edge to the cowboys as of right now with the way they're playing and they're mm-hmm. being completely healthy the thing is though is that there's a part of you that when you cover this team long enough you're just kind of like well how long is it going to stay this way and if they lose any one of those guys then to me it's philly no no i just don't think that the next guy up, it just is a significant loss for this offensive line. So as it sits today, you know, as of today's practice going into this game, I, I guess I would give a little bit of an edge to the Cowboys, but I would be just fine if you want to argue the other way. Yeah. Touche. 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 I have nothing more to add on Touché, that Touche, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Speaking of the offensive lines real quick, um, I, I do think that they have a lot of nice pieces on this Cowboys roster on, on, on both sides of the ball. But I do feel right now, even if they finish this whole season with that offensive line healthy, if I had a bet right now, I think the favorite for their first-round pick is an offensive lineman. Would you guys agree or disagree with that? Talking the Cowboys? Yeah. Like, it's obviously not going to be it. It probably won't be a top-20 yeah. pick. You know, it might be it's going to be in the back yeah. end. But I just feel like whether it's guard, tackle, whatever, I, I'm i not saying it's it's a, it's a large advantage, but I'd say if, if someone was like, you have to bet right now on what position will the Cowboys draft in the first round, just knowing what you know right now, I would probably say the offensive line. I would too. And, I mean, you look at some of the other position groups of need. If you 
I mean, I'm just saying that because of contract situations, running back, you're not going to draft a running back in the first round. You you feel pretty good about wide receiver and what you have moving forward there. You feel good about tight end. You feel offensive line. We'll get to that in a second. Defensive line, you feel good. Linebacker, you're not going to spend a first-round pick on. Corner, you feel good. Secondary, you feel good. Or safeties, you feel good. I, I think it's a no-brainer it would be a favorite to, to go get an offensive lineman, especially with the revolving door, with, with what you have from the age standpoint of Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. I, I would be right there with you. I, How close I it seems like they almost took an offensive lineman last year in the yes. first round. Well, they've been looking for the last so, two years to, yeah. to do that, and they did, of course, with Tyler Smith, and then they almost did it again last year. I and think. this is a best player available. We'll get to you. It's a best player available. <laughs> team they certainly will look that way but i'm just saying if you had to bet right now on a position group i just think that, that wouldn't be that way what all right go ahead oh nothing i don't have much <laughs> to say i mean just myself and nate newton just beating the table for what for the last year for offensive linemen in the first round yes yeah. oh. we no, all have we, i was about we to say have. you guys, you guys didn't want an old lineman in the first this year uh, 1, dude we all wanted 1, an offensive lineman i wasn't on the show i don't i yeah you didn't know me when the draft happened first off <laughs> <laughs> no um I'll speak for myself. <laughs> you I, don't know I me. wanted, I wanted a first rounder. I wanted a big name, free agent. But Denver took care of all that. They they got all of them. Uh, it's working out for them recently. Yeah, it's starting to, yeah. yeah. Um, and I wanted a first rounder this year. I just really did. And then obviously they went a little bit lower, um, and they got somebody for some depth. But you got You have to spend. You have to spend as much money as you're about to pay Dak. You you better go out there and, and spend some bread on somebody that's a sure thing on the old line to protect them. The question I do have is: Do you go get a guard and uh, to to and bump him. To, to future bump Tyler Smith out to tackle yeah. whenever Tyron is done? Yeah. Or do you want Tyler to focus on guard? I would go get a guard. <sighs> Gosh, I, I I feel like you could go either way there. I, 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 yeah, I guess it depends. So tough. I think it depends on what's out there. Right, right. If you have a dog out there that's a that's a tackle, go get that yeah. dog. Well, if it's you, best player available at that point. If, yeah. if the best player on the offensive line yeah. is a guard, take him. What and then you, you move. Okay, so let's. What, what if you have a guard out. and a tackle ranked uh, ranked the same? What, I, say that again. What if you have a guard and a tackle rated the same? I think you they would lean tackle. tackle. Yeah, because of the position value. I think I might lead guard just because I do feel confident with Terrence Steele and Tyler Smith going forward, and I would hope that that guard. To be drafted in the first round has some a little bit of guard center flexibility. Yeah, I would like to have a guard that has some backup center uh, flexibility for potential depth purposes. So, um, I think I would lead that way. But I think this team would go would go tackle. Well, if you're looking at the the breadcrumbs of what almost happened last year, whenever it was down to the wire, 27th overall pick, and it was Mozzie Smith on the board, or they were debating Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. Bergeron was a guard who had center possibilities. So maybe based off of what they've been seeing in the past, they, they would go guard with some center backup possibility there too. So I, I think they would still value tackle higher just because that's, that's the value of the position of finding a, a solid tackle. You could keep Tyler Smith at guard. He's been phenomenal there. Is Biotis up this year? Yeah. Uh, yes, he he is. Is. yes, he is. Mm. I... Center could be there too. Um, you, you, could, you could beef up that position. I think there's, there's ways that this offensive line could get better. 
it doesn't necessarily have to be pigeonholed in the one specific situation. I will say I haven't gone all the way through my draft prep, but so far it's looking like a really deep guard class. Nice. And there would be really good opportunities in the first three rounds. Like You look at a guy like Christian Haynes out of Connecticut in the first round. Cooper Beebe is a guy out of Kansas yeah. State that a lot of people have started to love recently. And I then, thought he was coming out last year. and he Yeah, didn't. yeah, yeah. And he's going to end up being a, a second or third round guy. And then Donovan Jackson out of Ohio State, he's still uh, up in the air about if he's going to enter or not. But that's another really interesting guy you would look at. But Really good guard class so far that I'm seeing. I love draft talk. This is awesome, guys. Yeah, don't get me going. Nice. Yeah, y'all right. shouldn't have got me going. <laughs> Back in the bag. All Houston right. Christian offensive guard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are. Wrapping things up here on Talking Cowboys. We'll be back tomorrow. John, before we go, what's your pick for Sunday? I mean, I'm telling you, since the day the schedule came out, I haven't wavered at all. I just, <laughs> I've always thought that it was going to be the Cowboys that would, I thought the Cowboys would lose in Philadelphia and win when they come back oh. here. And there's no reason for me to think there's nothing that's changed. And this is before I knew that Dak Prescott was going to go in like the best stretch uh, of his career. Yeah. And so I like the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to go with what, what was the score um, the la- when they just played was it 28-23 yeah I'll go 28-23 flip it I'll go Cowboys <laughs> okay, interesting I like that yeah. little flip of it uh, <laughs> nicely done Isaiah was ready to toss the microphone <laughs> I was ready I for was it coming my way you're going to toss it <laughs> we'll give our picks tomorrow and we'll, uh, we'll outline the rest of the NFL slate as well as we're back to a say it with your chest Friday <laughs> here at the Star in Frisco but that does it for us today for Chris Beam Isaiah Stanback John Machota Nick Harris I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long we'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club how about this guy?